guys, in life, okay, in life, sometimes people make mistakes. I make mistakes. Your parents, your friends, you yourself make mistakes. And I just want to apologize. Apologize to all my frenziers out there. Starting to sound like Hulk Hogan from the 1980s now. To everyone out there, I'm sorry for going one in three in my picks for the NFL on the games that I covered. Can't win them all. And I'm apologizing to the three teams that I got from the, you know, I picked against. So you can't win them all. And that's the whole thing. You just can't win them all. Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And if you if you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you got to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Instagram, and Facebook, all you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You'll get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Apologetic Thursday today. Sorry. Guys, not sorry. It's just football, baby. It's just football. So, Week 10 NFL recap. We're going to go over, you know, the, the games that I covered and report on the games on week 10. We're going to, you know, end it with a game I didn't cover. You probably already know what I'm talking about. We're going to talk about the pigskin injury uh, injury report for NFL. Who's in Sunday? Who's out? Who's out for the range of the season? Who's coming back? We're going to get into that. We're also going to preview and predict and look ahead to the top matchups of week 11 and the games that I am covering. Guys, keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy on all platforms, YouTube, Podbean, Apple, uh, Spotify, Facebook, X, Instagram, you name it. Keep plugging in to Pigskin Frenzy. Big things are starting to happen. We're starting to line things up. It's all going to align eventually. Stay the course with Pigskin Frenzy. Now, NFL recap week 10. Numero uno of the games that I got wrong. Final score, Browns 33, Ravens 31. Let's kick it off with the stats, and then we'll break the game down for a little bit. Deshaun Watson, 20 for 34 with 213 yards and a touchdown with an interception. Eight carries with 37 yards. Jerome Ford, 17 carries with 107 yards. Kareem Hunt, 10 carries with 32 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper, six receptions with 98 yards. David Njoku, six receptions with 58 yards. By the way, still in my eyes, one of the most underrated tight ends in the National Football League, David Njoku. Elijah Moore, five receptions with 44 yards and a touchdown, and the defense played very stingy and forced two turnovers, one by defensive back Mike Ford and one by defensive back Greg Newsom. Defensive back Mar- Martin Emerson Jr. played really well as well with eight total tackles. Let's go with the Ravens really quick before we dive deep into the game. Lamar Jackson, 13 for 23 with three 223 yards a touchdown and two interceptions, eight carries for 41 yards. Keaton Mitchell, who got a lot of touches this game, and by the way, per John Harbaugh, Baltimore Ravens head coach, he has said that expect more touches from Keaton Mitchell. He's you know was he was 
pretty good on the ground this past Sunday. Three carries with 34 yards and a touchdown with a 32-yard reception. Gus Edwards, 11 carries with 24 yards and a touchdown. Zay Flowers, five receptions with 73 yards. Mark Andrews, two receptions with 44 yards. Odell Beckham, a 40-yard touchdown catch. Rashad Bateman, two receptions for 25 yards, and the defense played really well, and it was led by linebacker Roquan Smith, safety Kyle Hamilton, and linebacker Patrick Queen. Guys, if I had a like a freak athlete award for this show, I would give it to linebacker Roquan Smith for the Baltimore Ravens. My goodness, he racked up 21 total tackles. 21 total tackles. That's Incredible. Hamilton notched eight tackles and an interception, and Queen racked up nine total tackles. The game itself was played by really just good defense, right? Honestly, it was cool to see the Browns win. This is a tight division this year, featuring the Bengals, the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers. It is a tight race between all four teams. Everybody wants it. No one's, everyone's trying to get, you know, everyone's trying to leap up each other and get that edge and grasp on the division, but no one seem, can seem to control their own destiny in the division because it's so competitive this year. The Steelers uh, have a, you know, they have a date with Destiny Sunday with the Browns, a rematch with the Cleveland Browns. Ravens tonight face the Bengals. The AFC North is colliding again. Unprofessional of me. I had to clear my throat. But the Browns, I mean, they look good. Stingy defense. And by the way, without the stingy defense and the good defensive play, I don't think Deshaun Watson would have led a game-winning drive with three minutes in the fourth quarter for Dustin Hopkins to go keep the game winner. I think the defense played a, a big factor for both teams in this game. Uh, 33-31, Browns defeat the Ravens. And it was a good game overall. I think uh, what the Browns... Could do. They have a great, solid defensive line. Uh, I think the Browns, and this is just my take, seven wins, three losses. I think with the injuries that are piling up for this team, I think that is what's hurting it all right now for the Browns. Now, granted, uh, consistent football, that's, that's one for the Browns. Consistent football. Uh, staying healthy, and not only that, I think playing good defense has helped them in a lot of games, and not just really in a lot of games. It just helped them in a lot. I mean, they're they have, they're seven and three or six and three. Sorry, they're six and three. And if I remember correctly, I'm gonna let me look on my notes here. I think six and three, six, six and three. They're six and three. Ravens are seven and three. So when you look at when you look at this, the, the game itself, defensive game, overall, bottom line, I think the defense has wanted this one both. In the end, Deshaun Watson had a remarkable drive to lead Dustin Hopkins to a walk-off field goal in Baltimore. So last matchup that were played, Baltimore won. Second matchup now that's played, Browns won it. Final score, Browns 33, Ravens 31. Lamar Jackson, play good. She needs to take care, better care of the football. Ravens got a game tonight that's going to be, you know, impactful in the division race and a good, you know, impactful on their record as well if they don't pull it out. So let's see what happens there. Browns 33, Ravens 31. Browns got the Steelers. The Ravens have the Bengals tonight. Now, 
Let's move on. Let's talk about the 49ers and the Jaguars. Now, this game, I was way off. And I'm not going to lie. One of the three, uh, another of, of the three games that I got wrong. The Niners, when healthy, are one of the best teams in the NFL. I've said that. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. Final score, 34-3. 49ers route the Jaguars. Coming off the bye. Debo Samuel and Trent Williams both returned. All their guys were healthy, ready to go. Came off the bye week, prepared and ready to play. Don't didn't want to lose a third game, and this is the result that we got from this out this from this game. The outcome that we got from this game. Brock Purdy, nineteen for twenty six with two hundred ninety six yards and three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, sixteen carries with ninety five yards, six receptions with forty seven yards. This ends the record tying streak that he was trying to get for. A, at least a touchdown in a game for Christian McCaffrey. That streak ended against Jacksonville. Elijah Mitchell, eight carries with 23 yards. Debo Samuel, four receptions with 30 yards, three carries with 29 yards and a touchdown. Welcome back, Debo. George Kittle, the people's tight end, three receptions with 116 yards and one touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, three receptions with 55 yards and a touchdown. How about Kyle Juszczyk, guys? Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback out of Harvard. Man, what a and sensational blocker and sensational football player for this team. Two receptions with 26 yards and a touchdown for Kyle Juszczyk. The defense played solid. They only held Jacksonville to three points, and they forced not one, not two, not three, but four turnovers. Four turnovers, two interceptions, and two fumbles, including a strip sack by the edge duo of Nick Bosa, and Chase Young. Linebacker Dre Greenlaw notched up eight total tackles. Now let's go to the stats really quick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then let's talk about the game. Trevor Lawrence, 17 for 29 with 185 yards and two interceptions. Travis Etienne, nine carries with 35 yards. The Ernest Johnson, three carries with 12 yards, two receptions with 28 yards. Christian Kirk, seven six receptions with 104 yards. Calvin Ridley, two receptions with 20 yards. Tim Jones, two receptions with 17 yards. Evan Ingram, four receptions with 12 yards, and the defense did their absolute best but just couldn't hold the Niners. But linebacker Devin Lloyd led the team with 10 total tackles. Now, remember last week I said that one of the big keys was for the Niners is to get their guys back. Play healthy and be healthy coming off the bye because you really couldn't afford to lose fourth straight, and they got all their guys back. They were well-prepared heading into this game, heading in from after the bye, and they were ready to rock and roll. And they played it. Trent Williams, big part of this team than most people realize, like I said before, because he helped Brock Purdy out and Brock Purdy went back to playing. How Brock Purdy's been playing, you know, since last season too, since taking over last season as a starting quarterback. So uh, the Niners look good. Uh, and, and then the edge duo of Nick Bosa and Chase Young. I said if they, they needed, I said the Jaguars needed to contain that and they didn't. They, I mean, one of the first plays was a strip sack by both guys, the former Ohio State, now current Niners teammates, Chase Young and Nick Bosa together. And that was, I mean, strip sack, perfect defense. And I mean, three points, four turnovers. Couldn't, you know, couldn't ask for much better defense than that right there, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, solid game for the Niners. They needed all their guys back and went healthy. And I've said it, went healthy. The Niners are the. I mean, one of the creams of the crops, the 
probably one of the best teams, if not the best team in the National Football League. The Jacksonville Jaguars will be just fine. Uh, that's their that's their third loss. I don't expect them to fall off too much. They just ran into a brick wall. And they, they, they played the 49ers at a bad time when getting all their guys back and coming off of a bye week where they were needed to prepare to win a game because they've lost three straight before this bye week. So, I mean, they just kind of ran into a brick wall. Uh, was it at home? Yes, didn't make much of a difference, but the Niners uh, just prevailed in this one. The Jaguars are going to be okay. Now, what the Jaguars need to look forward to is the Houston Texans in the AFC South. We're going to get into the Houston Texans in just a little bit, but when you look at them, it's they play such perfect ball. So this is on the only game that I think the Jaguars uh, kind of messed, you know, kind of did not play their best on. Now, I would say they've been playing close to perfect ball. And I would say perfect ball. I'll have to retract that statement, but they've been playing good football. This is the only game where they haven't played all that well because they really couldn't do anything. It was all 49ers from the get-go, from start to finish. It was San Francisco, but the, but the Jaguars will be okay. I fully expect them to make a make a run at the playoffs and, let's, and probably at the AFC South. So let's see what happens there, but the Texans are still rumbling in that division. Final score, 34-3. 49ers defeat the Jaguars and Jaguars go back to the drawing board while the Niners, let's see if they can stay healthy and keep this momentum going. Now, Texans at Bengals. Now, I said this game was tricky, and it was tricky, and I said that the Bengals did not need to lose another game. They couldn't lose. They couldn't afford it. They just could not afford it. It's one of those situations where it's win out as most as you can now and then afford to lose one later. And they lost. They lost, ladies and gentlemen. They lost. Final score, Texans 30, Bengals 27. No, no, no. They they couldn't afford it. And they did lose this game. I warned, I warned it. I said this was going to be a tricky game. If the Bengals don't play physical football up front, key here in a little, just a little bit, they did not play physical football. They could have dropped, they could probably very well drop this game and find a way to contain CJ Stroud. Well, let's go with the stats and then I'll show you, you know, and talk about, you know, why I was right on these keys. CJ Stroud, 23 for 39 with 356 yards, a touchdown with an interception, two carries with eight yards and a touchdown. Devin Singletary, the former Buffalo Bill, 30 carries with 150 yards and a touchdown. An 11-yard catch. Noah Brown, seven receptions with 172 yards. Dalton Schultz, four receptions with 71 yards. Tank Dell, six receptions with 56 yards and a touchdown. A 13-yard run as well. John Mechie, two, two receptions with 25 yards. The defense put on an inspiring effort led by safety DeAndre Car Houston Carson. Defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins and defensive back Shaquille Griffin. Houston Carson notched seven tackles and an interception. Rankins racked up five tackles and three sacks. Griffin racked up five total tackles 
and an interception. Now let's go to the Bengals really quick. Joe Burrow, 27 for 40 with 347 yards and two touchdowns with two interceptions. Five carries with 20 yards. Joe Mixon, 11 carries with 46 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, five receptions with 124 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, eight receptions with 117 yards. Trenton Irwin, two receptions with 54 yards and a touchdown. Tanner Hudson, six receptions with 33 yards. Drew Sample, two receptions with 12 yards. And the defense played solid. It was once again led by defensive backs Cam Taylor-Britt and Mike Hilton and linebacker Jermaine Pratt. Taylor-Britt notched total, nine total tackles and an interception. Hilton racked up eight total tackles. And Pratt notched nine total tackles. Let me get a sip of water really quick. A lot of talking. Sorry. Guys, tricky game, and I said it. I said that the Bengals couldn't afford to lose this one, and they did. 27-17 uh, started the fourth. Uh, Joe Burrow threw a pick, and it was to uh, Houston Carson. Uh, 27-17. The, the Bengals stopped them on defense. They got the ball back to the field goal. 27-24. Stopped them in Houston again. Made it 27-27 to go into overtime. And then... Houston wins the game with a walk-off field goal in overtime. 30, 30 to 24. Now, 30 to 27, sorry, 30 to 27. Now, Texans. Texans, Texans, Texans. I warned you guys. I said that the Texans were a team that you needed to watch out for. The Texans were the team that with C.J. Stroud, with rookie linebacker Will Anderson, with Devin Singletary, with Noah Brown at receiver now, and the pieces they got and they're building, I would watch out. They are trying to win now, not just in two to three years. They're trying to win right now with D'Amico Ryans. They're five and four now, guys. They're five and four. Pay attention to them. And this is all this is my warning shot for everybody kind of not hating on the, you know, kind of like not really not or hating on the Houston Texans right now. Do not tread lightly on this team. They are they are playing some of their best football they've had in a while. Five and four. They are very much well in contention for the South and very much well alive for a playoff spot. So do not underestimate the Houston Texans, please. That's a solid team that's got, that they got going right now. CJ Stroud, not only making his case for rookie of the year, he's making his case for MVP. All right. MVP as a rookie, guys. He's played lights out so far. He's he is not he is he has not had many bad games. Let's just put it that way. He is uh, the latest game was just this one, but a couple uh, a week and a half ago, he played the Buccaneers, put up 470 yards and five touchdowns. That is a rookie quarterback putting up those numbers. Guys, pay, please pay attention again to the Houston Texans. They are playing some of their best ball, both sides of the ball. Uh, they're physical on defense, and they're playing. They're they're playing really good with you know on offense, especially led by C.J. Stroud in the passing attack. So. Houston, solid team. Watch out for them in the AFC South. Uh, this was a good win for them on the road as well. Now, as for the Bengals, when you look at them, they did not need to lose this game. I'm going to keep saying it. They just did it. Again, win majority of your games now and lose later on. That's what they needed to do. And 
It happened. They lost now, and it's not. And it's not. You know, it's they can't do that. They can't afford it. That's just the bottom line. They can't afford it. Uh, I said they needed to protect Joe Burrow, and four sacks on the line is not a good way of protecting your quarterback. I mean, four sacks is getting up there. I mean, listen, I get it. There's going to be times where you get sacked, but not consistently, guys. Not consistently. This team gave up four sacks. That's probably a key reason why they lost this game Sunday. Sheldon Rankins had three alone out of those four. So uh, they needed to protect Joe Burrow better up front. Uh, Not only that, uh, the turnovers were costly, two interceptions, uh, and, and just playing physical. If you just play physical and keep the ball, you know, keep the ball, protect the ball, and, you know, protect your quarterback, you're good. That's basic football 101. Also, staying healthy is a is a issue right now for the Bengals. They were they lost T Higgins. Uh they they didn't he did not play this past Sunday due, due to a hamstring. And I think the injuries are starting to mount up on the defensive front and in the in the wide receiving core there. They thought Jamar Chase wasn't going to be able to play, but he ended up playing. He had a back issue earlier in the week, but the Bengals need to get healthy. Uh, protect Joe Burrow and play better physical football and protect the football, please. Those are the basic key elements of an ingredient of a successful team because this team can be successful with the talent that they got, but they are tripping up on games like this. They do not need to lose. Final score, 30-27. to 27. Texans defeat the Bengals by three on the road. CJ Stroud, impressive and just impressive in the South. Just keep an eye on the Texans. I keep saying that. I'm warning you guys. Keep an eye on the Texans. Bengals going back to the drawing board. Let's see if they can do something tonight against the Ravens on Thursday night football on Prime. Now, last game, and I got it right. Just going just gonna to spoil it there. The only game that I got right. Lions-Chargers. Final score, Lions 41, Chargers 38. I, I picked the Lions. I picked the Lions to win. Let's go with the, the stats, and I'm going to tell you why this game honestly did surprise me, though, because I got the outcome right, but the game itself I got wrong in general. 41-38, Lions defeated the Chargers. Jared Goff, 23 for 33 with 333 yards and two touchdowns. Jared Goff, man, he is playing like a madman this season. David Montgomery, he's back. 12 carries with 116 yards and a touchdown after missing two games with a rib injury. Jameer Gibbs, rookie out of Alabama, 14 carries with 77 yards and two touchdowns, three receptions with 35 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, the leader of the receiving core and the, the big-time leader for this team, team for uh, eight receptions with 156 yards and a touchdown two carries with nine yards Khalif Raymond two receptions with 46 yards Sam Laporta the rookie tight end station four receptions with 40 yards Brock Wright two receptions with 23 yards and a touchdown Jamison Williams two receptions with 18 yards and Josh Reynolds two receptions with 15 yards the defense brought it to the Chargers but the Chargers managed to put up 38 points still and they forced an interception late now the Chargers, let's read off the stats before I break this game down. Justin Herbert, 27 for 40 with 323 yards and four touchdowns with one interception. Four carries with 15 yards. Austin Eckler, nine, 19 carries with 67 yards and a touchdown. Four receptions with 48 yards. Joshua Kelly, 
five carries with 16 yards. Kenyon Allen, 11 receptions with 175 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Guyton, four receptions with 41 yards and a touchdown. Quentin Johnson, four receptions with 34 yards and a touchdown. Donald Parham Jr., two receptions with 18 yards. And the defense gave it their all in this game. Safety Derwin James was the highlight, actually, with 13 total tackles. Now, the Lions, let's go with him really quick. Playing just amazing football still. Uh, recovering nicely from that Baltimore Ravens loss. They are recovering nicely from that loss. Had a good win against the Raiders. Coming off a bye week, played the Chargers, ended up winning. Guys, Lions are, Lions are doing it, man. They look good. The Lions are looking good. Uh, this is a two-loss team. They're eight and two. Two-loss team. This is insane. The Lions... Eight and two, guys, come on. Eight and two, going into the year or going, you know, starting out the year, eight and two. I mean, come on. You can't predict. I mean, this is stuff. This is great. The Lions haven't been eight and two in like years, guys, years. It's been a long time. Uh, the Lions look are playing some pretty good football. Dan Campbell coaching them guys up well. Uh, they look good on all sides of the ball. The secondary really kind of, you know, got to me in this one. They were kind of my key players of the game, uh, especially safety Kirby Joseph. He played lights out for the secondary for the Lions. He uh, made a lot of open field tackles and good tackles for this defense, as well as, you know, they picked them off late. And you know, picked off Justin Herbert late in the game. So the Lions played really well and they're looking to continue to roll, man. I'm uh hype up on the Dan the Dan Campbell and Detroit Lions uh hype train, man. The Detroit Lions playing some pretty good football and they control their destiny in the NFC North, that which would be their first NFC North title ever. The Chargers. I said this game was going to be a blowout. I said it was going to be the Lions winning by two scores because the because let's face it, the Chargers had did play good against the Jets. Yes, they've been they played good a couple of weeks ago. Yes, but against the Bears. Yes, but when you look at this team against a formidable opponent, they have not played up to par, which I thought was due to the coaching staff. I still do, and I think that they weren't going to do. That as well. I was wrong about that. I'm going to eat my crow. The Chargers probably heard my show last week. I hope they did at least and prove me wrong. Four touchdowns and 323 yards for Justin Herbert. And then Kenyon Allen, 175 yards and two touchdowns. They went off, man. They played some good football. They brought it to the Detroit Lions at home. The Lions just had a little bit of a better edge going into this game, especially uh, you know, with the momentum that they got. The, I mean, the Chargers, man, I think they have the potential to be so much more with the talent that they got on defense and on offense with Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James. I mean, Asante Samuel. Then you got offense. You got a $262 million quarterback in Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Kenyon Allen. You got some guys on this weapon, on, the, on a, lot of, a lot of these weapons on this team that are just amazing. The roster's loaded, but the coaching is what is getting the Chargers at this point. And I've always said that. The Chargers can be so much more. That's why I was kind of doubting them going into this game, but they proved me wrong. 
They really did prove me wrong. They played exceptionally well. They played good on defense for the first time this season, and I really did like uh, Derwin James in this game with the 13 total tackles for the Chargers. So final score, Lions 41, Chargers 38. The Lions are going to keep on rolling. The Chargers going back to the drawing board with this one, but they played a really good team and played actually pretty well. So that my confidence in the Los Angeles Chargers have kind of gone back up a little bit. They made me eat crow there. So before we move on to the Pigskin Frenzy NFL Injury Report, we're going to recap one more game that I did not really report on. But we're going to talk about it anyway because you probably already saw it on socials and you probably watched it Monday Night Football on ESPN, but we're going to talk about it. Monday Night Football, Orchard Park, New York. Bills, Broncos. Man. Man. All I got to say is this. Final score was Broncos 24, Bills 22. Upset in, in Orchard Park, New York. Let's go with the stats, and we will break this game down. Russell Wilson, 24 for 29 with 193 yards and two touchdowns. Nine carries with 30 yards. Javante Williams, 21 carries with 79 yards. Four receptions with 31 yards and a touchdown. Cortland Sutton, eight receptions with 53 yards and a touchdown. Samaj P. Ryan, three receptions with 35 yards, eight-yard carry. Jerry Judy, three receptions with 35 yards. And the defense gave the offense fits and even forced four turnovers, two fumbles and two interceptions. One interception by defensive back Fabian Morrow and safety Justin Simmons. Josh Allen. 15 for 26 with 177 yards and a touchdown with two interceptions, four carries with 13 yards and a touchdown. James Cook, 12 carries with 109 yards, two receptions with 11 yards. Latavius Murray, nine carries with 68 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Davis, two receptions with 56 yards. Dalton Kincaid, five receptions with 51 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, three receptions with 34 yards. Khalil Shakur, 24-yard reception. And the defense only forced one turnover, but sacked Russell Wilson and the Broncos four times. Now, the Bills. You know what? Let's not go to the Bills really quick. Let's go to the Broncos really quick. Four and five. Before the deadline, before the NFL trade deadline, people were writing them off. I was not, I wasn't writing anybody off. I mean, I I was sitting here, you know, just reporting on it, but a lot of people were writing the Denver Broncos off, saying, we're going to clean house. Russell Wilson won't be there next year. We're going to get, you know, G- trade Jerry, Judy, and Corlin Sutton away, get a whole new team led by Sean Payton's vision. They're still there, and by the way, they've been balling ever since. Who knew? I mean, who knew this was going to happen? They upset the Chiefs, upset the Bills in Monday Night Football. Who knew this was going to happen? That's two, I mean, I mean, three, actually. They're on a three-game winning streak. They beat the Packers, beat the Chiefs, and now beat the Bills. I mean, who expected this? Who saw this coming? I didn't see it coming. Four and five, and they're still in it for a playoff spot. They're in it for a playoff spot. If they beat the Chiefs again, I'm not saying they are, but if they, I mean, no, they're 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 tied up. I forgot they're tied up because they already played, right? They already played. That's two games they've already played already. So they're tied up. If somehow the Chiefs lose a couple more games and the Broncos end up winning out, I'm not saying they are, but what it what if? We've seen crazier things. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone with football this season. So what if it happens? Who knows? By the way, 
Does anybody know that? Does anybody know this? This the stat that Russell Wilson is up there with touchdown passes with with Patrick Mahomes with seventeen. He's near twenty touchdown passes. Russell Wilson has been playing quietly that no one's noticed, like his old self, and no one has really just paid attention to it. But he has. The Broncos are in a way better spot than they were last year. 24-22, they just upset the Bills. Crazy, man. This is a crazy game. They played really well protecting. They played really good on the ground a little bit. Russell Wilson played a good game, and they they played really well on the defensive side of things. They, they gave the offense and Josh Allen fits, and they found a way. They scratched and clawed and found a way to win. So good on the Broncos for winning. We ha- They have a game that we're going to report on. They have a game Sunday night and Sunday night football against the Minnesota Vikings at home. We're going to report on that one, and we're going to preview and predict that one coming up here in a little bit. But let's talk about the Bills. An- another team that did not need to lose this. They did not need to lose a game, and they lost. They're 5-5. Five and 5-5 five. Five and five. with a talent that they got. They're five and five. Come on, man. They Josh Allen is a top five quarterback in the league, and he's got n- near ten interceptions so far. I get it, but he's near a top five quarterback in the league. Uh, the line needs to help him protect better. Uh, he's got a, a solid receiver in Stephon Diggs, and you're thinking with the talent that they got, what is it? What is it? They got James Cook running the ball, running the rock for him. Latavius Murray, Dalton Kincaid, who's been a, a, a rookie tight end from Utah, has been in, in, in a sensational since Dawson Knox uh, was out on you know IR. So what is it? What is it? I think the offense looks a little sluggish too, but they're in a funk mentally, I think. I think mentally prepared because I think how they've been coming to prepare for football games here as of late has not been up to par with what I'm used to seeing from the Buffalo Bills. Think about it. They first play of the game, they fumbled the ball to the Broncos. They fumbled it. First play of the game, it was 14-54 on the clock in the first quarter, and it was already one turnover. When you think about it, they need to be prepared mentally. I think mentally, and just be prepared mentally of for the game. I mean... I think that's the best answer I can give about the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, inter, uh, quarterback coach Joe Brady, if y'all remember him. He led and co-offensive coordinated uh, the LSU 2019 National Championship team and was the offense, former offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. But he was the quarterback coach, but now he's going to be the interim offensive coordinator until they find somebody else. Uh, and he will lead this team on offense for the time being. Because of a lot of the turnovers, because of a lot of the mistakes on offense, they had to get rid and change play callers. Let's see if it helps. Who knows? But I think being prepared mentally is a big thing for the Bills right now. They need to wake up a little bit and get ready because this tough, this, this schedule is going to be a lot tougher. They're 5-5, five and five and they're fighting for a playoff spot. They are a team that needs to be ahead and in number one seed, uh, honestly, or number two seed, not a... Five and five in the hunt, trying to fight for it. So, one more thing before we conclude this recap. Uh, the a big reason, a big reason was going back to you know preparedness for the Bills. Did y'all catch the ending of the game? I the ending of the game, field goal by Will Lutz. He missed. He missed. You know what happened? Flag was thrown. Why? Twelve men on the field. 12 men, 
on the field. Get another try. Field goal. Got it. Broncos win it. Mental preparedness. You got to be prepared in situations. You got to be prepared to play winning football. You got to be prepared to win. Prepare themselves to win. And they're not preparing and not having the mental preparation right now to win some of these games. They need to change that and change it quick. Final score, Broncos 24, Bills 22. The Bills need to wake up before this sets the schedule week 11 week 11 so on gets a lot more tougher the broncos surprising everybody at 4 and 5 did not see it coming from them now after the pigskin frenzy nfl injury report uh, i've been hearing a lot of thoughts about the new england patriots in foxborough i've been trying to avoid this topic a little bit but I can't avoid it any longer. We're going to talk about this game. And not just not this game. We're going to talk about the Patriots and uh, them playing football in the game as a whole. We're going to talk about the Patriots in general. But let's go with the NFL injury report for Pigskin Frenzy. And let's just go through this really quick. Breaking news as well. Found out yesterday. Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has a fracture in his, a fractured bone in his shoulder. He will have surgery, which is season-ending and will miss the remainder of the 2023 season. Uh, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson will start at... Uh, uh, Robinson-Thompson will start for the Browns. P.J. Walker will be lurking in the shadows as a backup. Thoughts and prayers go out to Deshaun Watson, and hopefully he you know has a speedy recovery. You lose your star quarterback, you lose your star running back. Tough break for the Cleveland Browns on offense. But that defense... Sure is working. Sure is cooking. So, uh, Cowboys linebacker Leighton Van Esk is out for the remainder of the season due to a neck injury, and his career is in question. Uh, this this announcement came from Cowboys owner Jerry Jones on 103.5 The Fan. So, uh, 105.3 The 103.5 The Fan. So, I, I pre uh, you know appreciate that report and prayers go out to Leighton Van Esk. He's a solid linebacker, underrated linebacker for that defense. And prayers and thoughts go out to him as he hopefully makes a speedy recovery and his career takes a you know a good trend upward. Uh, Bengals wide receiver T Higgins is expected to miss his second straight game due to a hamstring injury tonight. And the Bills play the Bengals play. The Ravens. Bengals defense then Sam Hubbard is also out with an ankle injury tonight, and he will not play as well. So two big losses for the Bengals. Injuries are starting to add up. They uh that's a that's a big factor right here. So uh one last uh, two more things. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford is expected to return Sunday versus the Seahawks after being out with a thumb injury. He missed a few games with a thumb injury. He's not a hundred percent, but he's gonna play through it. Uh, Matthew Stafford has always been a tough quarterback, so I admire what he's what he's playing through right now. And finally, Browns running back Nick Chubb had a successful second surgery repairing his ACL. He had successful surgery back in September repairing his meniscus and MCL, and he's expected to return in 2024. Uh, good on Chubb. Glad his recovery is going well. And thoughts and prayers for everybody on this list going through injuries and uh, hopefully, you know, you know, get a speedy recovery, you know, as fast as they can. Now, before we go to the week 11 preview and predictions, let's talk about what's going on in Foxborough and let's talk about the New England Patriots just for a little bit. Not going to touch on it too much, but I'm going to make some bold things. I was high on the Patriots. Me, I was. You're going to think, really? Yeah, I was. Earlier in the year, I was. 
uh, two months have passed, um, you would think, man, I mean, I covered one of their games even. I, I did the, the Dolphins my the Dolphins and Patriots game earlier in the year on Sunday Night Football. Dolphins won that. Uh, I picked the Dolphins to win, but I mean, yeah. The Patriots, uh, they they won a couple of games, and it was looking okay. They played really well in that game, and it looked promising until they started to lose and lose more and lose more and lose more, and you know where I'm going with this. And the offense looked bad in the process the whole time. We thought Bill O'Brien was the answer. I thought Bill O'Brien was the answer. Turns out they got statistically one of, if not the worst offense in the league. Uh, they're 2-8. and eight. Uh, This is something that's Bill Bel- that head coach Bill Belichick is not in familiar territory. The There are rumors and reports going around that quarterback Mac Jones has lost the locker room, and he was benched. Uh, this past Sunday, in a you know in a huge loss uh, again against the Colts, he was benched in the international game against the Colts. Uh, they Mac, uh, they were Coach Belichick was asked with Mac Jones uh, still your top quarterback in mind. He said no comment. Not a good sign. There's been rumors that head coach Bill Belichick and GM, right, Bill Belichick, will uh, him and the Patriots have mutually discussed parting ways at the end of the year uh, per the athletic. Um, And it's all starting to become a big domino effect. It's starting like the clock is starting to tick and run out. Um, The post-Tom Brady era, everyone was thinking, fine, Tom Brady's going to be gone, but we'll still be okay. They haven't been that good, and they haven't been they haven't been they haven't been right since Tom Brady left. So that's I'm just gonna put it blame, you know, put it bluntly. Made one playoff appearance with Matt Jones when he was a rookie. 2022 missed it. 2023 expected to miss it as well. Now that they're two and eight. It has not been the best since Tom Brady left. Let's just put it lightly. It has not been the best since he's left. Uh so not only that, it's starting to wind down for Bill Belichick as well. The clock's starting to tick. Now, the Patriots were thinking, you know, here's the future right here. Here's an example of this. Piggly Wiggly was a great grocery store, you know, in the South, especially in my home state of Mississippi. It was a great grocery store. It had the pig and Piggly Wiggly. I don't know if you heard of it. Look it up if you haven't. But Piggly Wiggly. Yes. Yay. So, <laughs> so the future was, yes, we're going to keep keep going and keep going to the mountaintop until the future looked and the future came and the future, the future result was it closed. Excuse me. Again, unprofessional. The future of it was they closed. They closed down. Clock was starting to run out on the store of Piggly Wiggly, just like the clock is starting to run out on the Bill Belichick era of the Patriots. Matt Jones may not be there. Uh, there's going to be a change when it comes to staff. There's going to be a change when it comes to uh, players. And I fully expect that coming at the end of the year. My honest thoughts. A new era of the New England Patriots will start very soon, and I think that's what's going to end up happening. I think I think the new era will start 
eventually, and I think it could happen at the end of the season. That's just my honest thoughts. I think the new era is coming. The Patriots kind of lost hope on them at this point right now, but I think a change is coming uh, through all aspects of the New England Patriots organization. So that's my honest thoughts about the Patriots, and I was trying to avoid it, but I had to talk about it just for a little bit. So week 11 preview and predictions to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, Thursday night football, going to be electrifying on Prime. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit on the call. Bengals at Ravens. Bengals 5-4 and four at Ravens 7-3. and three. Both of them coming off of a, of a loss. Ravens coming off of a loss to the Browns. And, well, the Bengals coming off of a loss against the, uh, against the mighty Houston Texans. Last matchup on September 17th, the Ravens won 27-24 in Cincinnati. So... Keys to this ball game. The O-line needs to protect Joe Burrow. They gave up four sacks last game against the Texans. I've already mentioned that, but they need to protect this game. Protect Joe Burrow. Let Joe Burrow cook, for one. If you let him cook, it's going to be hard to stop Joe Burrow. When the when the time gets tough, Joe Burrow knows how to how to accelerate and, and try to, you know, step it up a notch. So if they protect him and play physical up front. I think the Bengals can try to sneak one here. Key for the Ravens is protect the football. Uh, a couple of turnovers uh, that could be ended up that, that could have probably proven costly against the Browns this past Sunday. I say protect the ball. I think two or three interceptions against this Bengals team, especially with a guy like defensive back Cam Taylor Britt, who's been notching interceptions left and right. I think will kind of hurt you in a game like this uh, here tonight. So I think. Protecting the ball is suffice, should be suffice for Lamar Jackson and the offense. So, who wins this ball game between these two teams? Close game. Close game. And, and honestly, I'm going to be real with you guys. Just heart to heart for a second. I was kind of struggling picking all these games. I was looking and just researching and just thinking and putting, I'm like praying to the Lord, Lord, put this on my heart. And he did put it on my heart. Close game. The Ravens are going to make it close. But at home, I think the Ravens drop this game. I think the Bengals went back into a corner. Joe Burrow accelerates. When the time gets tough, Joe Burrow does get going. Bengals 31, Ravens 30, a point. That's it. I'm going to put a point on this. Bengals 31, Ravens 30. Bengals move to 6-4. and four. Ravens go to 7-4. and four. Now, Steelers at Browns, rematch time, this time in Cleveland. Steelers are 6-3, and three, Browns are 6-3. and three. Last matchup was played on September 18th. The Steelers won at home 26-22. Now, the key in this one was to limit Deshaun Watson because I wrote these notes yesterday, right before yesterday's news broke of him being out for the season. So, here's my key. For the Steelers, you limit Dorian Tom. Uh, li- you limit Dorian Robson Thompson. 
you Robinson Thompson, you limit him and you limit him and make him cause mistakes. He's a rookie quarterback, so you limit him. I think if the if they bring some pressure to him, make him make some mistakes, and the Steelers can probably find a way to get this one done. I think for the Browns to to, to win this game is the defense has got a hole and they got to stay in it. I believe in the Browns defense. I think they're one of the best in the league, honestly. And I think the defense uh, needs to lock down these Pittsburgh wide receivers because they got some animals. They got George Pickens. They got Deontay Johnson. They got some guys, man. Connor Hayward replacing Pat Fearymuth. Uh, I think they got some guys. And to me, I think that's what needs to be done. Slow down these weapons for the Steelers and slow down these guys because they can create some explosive plays on offense and try to, to limit them and try to keep this game and contain them and keep this game close and or could be low scoring so y'all can win the game. Who wins this game? I think, and, and I'm going to be honest, I was leaning towards, towards the Browns, but after the season-ending injury to Deshaun Watson, it's just hard. I think the defense is so good, but I think the Steelers find a way to win this win on the road close. Sunday game in the afternoon, early afternoon, early window, Steelers defeat the Browns by a score of 24-10. Steelers 24, Browns 10. I think that they cause mistakes to DRT, the rookie quarterback, and I think the Steelers come away with a win. 24-10, Steelers defeat the Browns. Now, two more games. Sunday night football, the Vikings at Broncos. Good story. Josh Dobbs. Guys, Josh Dobbs coming from Arizona after being benched and then being traded at the deadline one week after being traded comes in and wins the game in Atlanta for him. Didn't even know what was going on. Didn't even know the playbook all that well, but he dropped dimes and they won. They defeated the Atlanta Falcons due to Josh Dobbs. Dobbs has been starting. Dobbs has been playing lights out. Kirk Cousins is offering him support and aid and helping him in any way he can. Good on Kirk Cousins. Great guy and solid dude. Both of them are. So, keys to this one. Good story on both ends. From the Broncos, comeback story for the Broncos, and Josh Dobbs. Just a remarkable story for him. Vikings, 6-4. and four, Broncos, 4-5. Four and five. Here's the key to this for the Vikings. They got to bring pressure to Russell Wilson. Do what the Bills did, but try to do it even more so. Guys, you have a solid defense, and I think if you bring pressure to Russell Wilson and cause more, cause four or more sacks, you should be okay. The Bills did good. The Brown, the Bills ended up losing, but the Bills ended up good. I think y'all have a more of a balanced offense at this point to try to ice the game on top of bringing pressure to Russell Wilson. So the Vikings just need to bring pressure to Russell Wilson. For the Broncos, establish the ground game. Listen, guys, they're, I don't know if you know this, but the Broncos are 12th in rushing offense. They're 12th in rushing offense in the NFL. But here's the kick, the kicker, though. The Vikings are 12th in rushing defense. 12th in rushing defense. No, I'm sorry. They're 10th in rushing defense. My, my, my apologies. They're top 10 in rushing defense. They're 10th in rushing defense in the NFL. 12th in rushing offense for the Broncos and 10th in rushing defense in the NFL for the Vikings. I think if you establish the run game and try to catch that rushing defense off guard for the Vikings, I think you could probably end up slipping past and winning a close one at home. Uh, but I think the ground game is up is the utmost importance here with Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, and Samaj P. Rhyme. Now, big question here. 
will Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson return? Because I think that's the big question there. He's questionable. I should have mentioned that on the injury report, but he was questionable. He was about to play against the Saints. They said no. They won't activate him off the IR yet. He's questionable to play, dealing with that hamstring. Will he return in week 11? If so, that challenge with him, that, that duo with him and Josh Dobbs can present a challenge. It could present a real challenge. So uh, let's just see what happens in the update on Justin Jefferson. I will keep everybody posted on socials. Now, who wins this game? I think it's going to be close at home. Good home field crowd. I think it's not going to be enough, though. I think the Vikings go to 7-4 and four and continue to roll with Josh Dobbs. Vikings win. Close game, though. I think it's going to be 17-10. Vikings 17, Bron- Broncos 10. Broncos go to 4-6. and six, Vikings go to 7-4. and four, And they continue to roll with Josh Dobbs as they, who knows, could head to a playoff spot with the Vikings. So let's just see there. Now, I told you executive decision was going to be made to cover this game. We're finally here. I'm excited. You can hear it in my voice. I'm excited. Eagles at Chiefs. Monday night football. I'm covering this. Eagles 8-1, Chiefs 7-2. The Super Bowl 57 rematch, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this game is going to be electrifying. It's in Arrowhead. Hometown crowd, going to be big time, going to be a packed house, going to be sold out. Super Bowl 57 rematch. Kansas City is riling up for this game. We've been waiting on it, and majority of fans in football in the world have been waiting on this game. Good offenses, uh, strong defenses. So let's see what, what's got to give here, right? Uh, the top two power-ranked teams are playing in this one as well. Uh, the Chiefs up top. Uh, the Eagles are also up top. Both of these teams are up top of their divisions, of their conferences, respectively, and up in the rankings, power rankings in the National Football League. So let's go with the Eagles' key here. The Eagles' key for this is to limit the weapons around Patrick Mahomes. I think if you limit big-time Travis Kelsey here, you, you kind of contain him a little bit and then contain the other weapons around him, like Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon. Um, if you limit a Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a Mecole Hardman, if you limit those guys, I think the Eagles can find a way to, 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 to limit everything, shut them down and contain it and pull away with a, with a road win in Arrowhead. I honestly do. I think if you just limit the weapons around him, around Mahomes, you got to try to find a way to make Mahomes beat you another way. But I don't know if you want to do that because Mahomes is just freakishly talented and he's unreal. So uh, key for the Chiefs here would probably be to lock down the Eagles wide receivers. I think Trent McDuffie and the defenses, the secondaries and uh, Legereus Sneed. And uh, I think they need to, they need to limp. They need to lock down these receivers. They're due for the secondary is due for a big game. I think a big game here would you know big thing would be to just lock them down. Uh they didn't do that so well in the second half of the Dolphins game in Germany a couple of weeks ago. But I think if they don't continue that, there's gonna be caused problems, you know, for this for the for the Chiefs secondary because of the threat that AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and you know they like what they present, right? They present uh as as a elite receivers, right? As a good receiving duo. So uh I would try to lock down and contain the Eagles wide receivers and play some good defense. Guys, who do I have one in this game? It's gonna be close. Very close. 28 24. 
And I know hometown field is going to be great. It's going to be rocking. Mahomes, madman. He's a madman. Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time MVP. He's a going to win more as well. The Chiefs are unstoppable. They are, are almost unstoppable. They are a solid team and a solid threat to anybody they face. Best quarterback in the NFL with Mahomes. Best duo with Kelsey and Mahomes, right? 28-24. I got the Eagles winning this game. You're going to sit there and say, you just hyped up the Chiefs. Yeah, I did. They're a solid team. But on the flip side, it is hard to count out the brick wall right now. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. That offensive line, that defensive front, that offense moving the ball. They played a close game against the Cowboys, but I think it's going to be a close game here too. The Eagles just look too good right now. I think Jalen Hurts is going to protect the ball pretty well. He's going to find the he's going to find his receivers down. And I think the receivers are just too good to be contained. Give me the Eagles beating the Chiefs 28-24. Eagles 28, Chiefs 24. Eagles go to nine and one to, to stake their claim as the top team in the NFL. Chiefs go to seven and three and to stake their claim as the second best in the NFL. Eagles 28. Chiefs 24 in the Super Bowl 57 rematch on Monday night football. Guys, that should do it for Pigskin Frenzy. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you got to do is just Share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Facebook, and Instagram. Just type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You'll get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, big thank you again today for just taking some time to listen. Also, go enjoy these weekend, these, these games, guys. I'm, I'm obviously covering four college, four NFL. Good college football weekend. Good NFL weekend. I will be back Tuesday. We're going to recap week 12 and look ahead to the rivalry weekend, the last weekend of the regular season for college football and unveil week 13's frenzy playoff ranking. So until Tuesday, I'm Joel Norris signing off and we'll see you then for everybody out there. Stay the course.